0: We are harvest committed to Christ. Committed to God. We are called to pray without being. We are harvest. This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message already in progress. Well greetings, beloved. If you have your Bibles, why don't you quickly open them up to the Gospel of Mark? Mark chapter one verse one and also Mark Chapter ten verse forty five. Mark chapter one verse one and Mark chapter ten verse forty five. And it reads The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give His life a ransom for many. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You so much for Your Word today. We pray that You would speak to us through Your Word. Open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of Your law. We pray that we would see Jesus. And seeing Jesus, we would believe on Him. And believing on Him, we would be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen? Amen. And amen. I don't know about you, but for the past—I was going to say a few weeks, but for the past few months, I've just been exhausted. I think I've been tired by a cumulative number of things, but most of all, these things that I've jotted down. I've been wearied and tired by discrimination, racism, police brutality, social unrest, the news politics, COVID-19, the thought of going back to school, and just simply an uncertain future. You know, I've been so pre- preoccupied with those things. The last number of weeks I've preached on social justice and and been having discussions and conversations with people about things happening in the world. Uh, I just found out early on today that a couple of my family members have been diagnosed with COVID 19, they've got positive test results that have come back. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And you know, I decided to spend some time with the Lord, and the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. It's so easy for us to go through life and to be overwhelmed with life and forget that we have a Savior. Forget that we have someone who wants to walk with us. And forget about who our first love really is. And as the Holy Spirit spoke to me and whispered in my ear, Remember Jesus, I've decided that for the next few weeks, we're going to just concentrate on talking about the life of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus Christ through the Gospel of Mark. I'm entitling this series, Remember Jesus. Seeing Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. Now, men and women, I know that uh, you read your Bible and I know that you've read the four Gospels and I know you know all about Jesus Christ, but I'm asking the Lord to give us fresh eyes so that we might have a fresh fire. I'm asking the Lord to give us an excitement about rediscovering Jesus. To begin walking with Him. So that our preoccupation might not be on our problems, our situation, or world condition. But our preoccupation would be getting to know the Savior who loves us. So as I read these issues again, it's different. Discrimination? Remember Jesus. Racism? Remember Jesus. Police brutality? Remember Jesus. Social unrest, remember Jesus. The news, remember Jesus. The political uh, things that are going on, remember Jesus. COVID-19, the coronavirus, remember Jesus. The thought of going back to school and our kids uh, being uh, taught virtually and, 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 and how uncertain our future is, remember Jesus. And so as we look at the Gospels, Many have asked me, well, Pastor Mike, how come there are four Gospels instead of just one? Well, there are four Gospels because there are four different authors with four different audiences and four different aims. The four different authors are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The four different audiences is that Matthew was writing to his Jewish uh, people, his Jewish brothers and, and sisters. Many people say that Matthew was uh, written by a Jew to the Jews about a Jew. It's a very Jewish gospel. So Matthew quotes a lot of Old Testament scriptures that the Jews would know and be familiar with because he's trying to reach them. Luke, on the other hand, is a very Gentile gospel. He is writing to Greek Christians. He's writing to his friend Theophilus. And it's a very chronological gospel. It's an orderly account of the life of Jesus Christ because he is trying to reach Gentiles. John is a very universal gospel because he's trying to reach everybody. His aim is that everybody would believe, both Jew and Gentile. It's a universal gospel. He even gives a purpose statement saying, I write this uh, so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that in believing you might have life in his name. Mark, on the other hand, where we're going here is that Mark is writing to Romans. Mark's gospel is the shortest and the simplest out of the four gospels. Mark's gospel is crisp and fast-moving. One of the key words is either straightway or immediately, which is mentioned 42 times in a short 16 chapters. Mark's gospel, Jesus is constantly on the move. He's constantly on the move, preaching and healing and teaching and eventually dying on the cross. Mark's Gospel is, 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 is filled with miracles. Over half of the 35 miracles of Jesus, the highest proportion of, of the four Gospels, are listed in the Gospel of Mark. And lastly, 40% of the Gospel of Mark is dedicated to the last eight days of Jesus' life. You know, you could neatly divide the Gospel of Mark into two parts. Chapters 1 to chapter 10 and chapter 11 to chapter 16. The key passage or the key verse in the Gospel of Mark is Mark chapter 10 verse 45 where it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Those two parts are service and sacrifice. And so in chapter 1 through chapter 10, it's all about Jesus serving. Jesus healing the sick, feeding the hungry. Jesus preaching and teaching and moving from place to place, going from this place to another, interacting with people. He's serving. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And then it says, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Chapters 11 through chapter 16. The last eight days of Jesus' life. He's on His way to the cross at chapter 11. It's a fast-moving gospel because Mark is writing to the Romans. It was a fast culture. They were not Jews. They were Gentiles. He didn't need to quote Old Testament Scriptures. He did not need to give all of these traditions that the Jews would have. He doesn't give a lot of Jesus' Uh, sermons. He doesn't give the Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't do all that. He is more concerned with Jesus's walk than he is with his talk. He knows that Romans want to see. Well, what did he do? What did he stand for? What What, what did he accomplish? And so Mark is targeting his gospel to a people who don't have a foundation in religion, who don't have a foundation in Jewish culture, who don't know the Old Testament, who have not read their Bibles, who have not uh, been to church. He's giving an idea that, that, that Jesus is is this man that you need to pay attention to because he lived like no other man had ever lived. He taught like no other rabbi had ever taught. He accomplished things that no one had ever accomplished before. You've got to pay attention to him. And so Mark writes to Romans almost as if he was writing to Americans. You see, we've gotten to a point now where Americans haven't read their Bibles. Americans go to church, but they, they, they're more concerned with spirituality than they are with the person and work of Jesus Christ. They're more concerned with, well, what are you, what are you going to do? What did you accomplish? Let me see your walk. I don't want to worry about your talk. Show me. And men and women, we're so preoccupied with things. I think we need to take a look at Jesus. We need to take a look at what He has accomplished. We need to take a look at what He has done. And so, as we enter into this series entitled, Remember Jesus, I pray that you would see Jesus like you've never seen Jesus before. We need Jesus today. We need not just talk about seeing and knowing Jesus. We need to experience the Jesus of the Bible you see, many people today will not say it, but they think that Jesus is a fairy tale. They think that he's a myth. They think that he's, he's equal with, with maybe the, 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 the Greek gods, the Zeus or somebody like that. No, Jesus was a real person. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth. There are history books that talk about him that are not necessarily religious books. And Jesus was a real person. He was a rabbi and he lived like no man had ever lived before. And the great thing about Jesus and the reason why I follow him is because when he died on that cross, he rose from the dead on the third day and his tomb is empty. Any other religious leader, you can go to where they're buried. You go and try and find where Jesus is and the tomb is empty. He is the Messiah proving who he he said he was. He really is. And men and women, I would implore you, today is the day for us to begin following Jesus, following hard after Him, and giving Him our devotion, giving Him our love, giving Him our energy, giving Him our effort. And so real briefly, I just want to share with you, uh, as an introduction to our series, the, the the pivotal verse in the entire book. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. James and his brother John have asked Jesus if they can sit on, on his right hand when he enters in to glory. The other disciples get angry with them. And Jesus knows that they're angry and he pulls them aside and says, Now listen, those who, who, who lord it over, the, the normal way of leadership is to lord over people. And then he tells them, but it's not so among you. Whoever wants to be the greatest shall be the slave of all. Whoever wants to be first needs to be last. Whoever wants to to be great shall serve those that are around him. And he culminates his discussion with them in verse 45 of chapter 10 where he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I believe that Jesus is giving us his job description. I believe that Jesus has given us his purpose statement. I believe that Jesus is trying to tell us something about our relationship with him. He says, stop running, stop moving, stop trying to do. I did not come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Listen, I'm convicted. I'm convicted because I've been trying to serve him and not allowing him to serve me. My focus has been what I can do for God and not appreciating what He has already done for me. My focus has been on my efforts in changing the world. My focus has been on my efforts to, to, to perform for God rather than appreciating and using as a springboard to devotion not what I can do for Him but what He has done for me. Jesus says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Real quickly, I want to say three things about this verse in chapter 10, verse 45. Number one, Jesus was willing to help others first. Notice what it says, "...for even the Son of Man did not come to be served." I didn't come to be served. I am willing to put others first. Not only does He say, I'm willing to put others first, but this this verse communicates that He came, Jesus was willing to meet other people's practical needs. Notice what it says. It says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Men and women, Jesus sees our needs... And He meets those needs. Jesus sees what, what ails us. He sees what's missing. He sees what we need. He wants to aid us. So, if we're racked with, with emotion and anxiety and fear, Jesus says, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, because I am your God. Many of us are, are filled with anxiousness. And He says, Come to Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus says, allow me to deal with the practical issues that you have in your life because I'm sovereign. You know what my great problem is? My great problem is that I think it's up to me. My, my, my great problem is that I think it's all about me. And if it's all about me, then it's all up to me and I don't have the resources to fix me. Jesus says, I want to be the one that you're focused on because I will be the one that will practically meet your needs. Number one is, He he was willing to put others first. Number two is, He was willing to meet the practical needs of others. And then lastly, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. The third is, He was willing to give sacrificially to others. He was willing to say, you know, it's not about me. I'm willing to sacrifice myself so that you can be saved, so that you can be whole, so that you can be complete. And men and women, that is what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to put us first. He says that we are so valuable to Him That he went to the cross. We're so valuable to him that he wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to bring us out. He does that. And I believe that as long as our focus is on him and what he does, Mark does it clearly. Mark states it clearly. Mark, over and over and over again, talks about Jesus healing, talks about Jesus teaching, talks about Jesus delivering, talks about Jesus performing miracles, talks about Jesus making people whole. And so He wants to put us first. He wants to meet our practical needs. And He wants to give to us, give us His life sacrificially. I'll close with this. We need to remember Jesus Because He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially uh, uh, merciful. Remember Jesus. He's God's Son. He's the sinner's Savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in Himself. He's honest. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the grandest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of historic theology. He's the carnal necessity of spiritual religion. Remember Jesus. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of every good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and He saves. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leper. He forgives the sinner. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captive, captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent and He beautifies the meek. Remember Jesus. He's the wellspring of He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the king of kings and he is the Lord of Our lords remember Jesus. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And His burden is light. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. And He's irresistible. Remember Jesus. The heavens of heavens can't contain Him, let alone a man explain Him. You can't get Him off of your mind. You can't get Him off of your hands. You can't outlive Him, and you can't live without Him. The Pharisees couldn't stand Him, but they found they couldn't stop Him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Remember Jesus. He always has been. And he always will be. He had no predecessor and he'll have no successor. There's nobody before him and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him and he's not going to resign. Remember Jesus. Men and women, we gotta remember Jesus today. We have to remember that he is a Savior. We have to remember that he is sovereign. We have to remember that he is sinless. We have to remember that he And He alone will meet our needs. We have to remember that one day we will meet Him at the judgment seat. We have to remember that He alone occupies the name that is above every name. We have to remember that Jesus, Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is the one whom we will have to give an account. It could be that today I'm talking to someone who's been weary. I'm talking to someone who's been been, been worn. I'm talking to someone who's been sad. I'm talking to someone who's been fearful. I'm talking to someone who feels helpless and hopeless and you can't find your way out. Maybe I'm talking to someone like the Apostle Paul who says, The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing over and over and over again. You see... Many may say, well, Pastor, how can Jesus help me? If you give your life to Jesus, if you give your heart to Jesus, He won't immediately take all of your promises away. But let me tell you what He will do. He will give you His Spirit. He will put His Spirit in your life. And my Bible tells me that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace And patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Against such things there's no law. You see, when I came to know Jesus Christ, all of my problems didn't leave. But when I came to know Jesus Christ, He gave me His Spirit. His Holy Spirit resides in me and I know I'm saved. His Holy Spirit gives me power. His Holy Spirit gives me His presence. And His Holy Spirit gives me a a strength and comfort and guidance. And His Holy Spirit empowers me day by day. Men and women, I bid you Jesus. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Remember who He is. Remember what He has done. And remember what He offers you. I'm going to pray. And if there's someone under the sound of my voice that has never received Jesus... Yes, you heard about Him in church. Yes, you've heard your mother or your grandmother or somebody talk about Jesus. But you've never, ever really surrendered to Jesus. I'm giving you that opportunity. Let's pray. Father, if there's one under the sound of my voice that wants Your Holy Spirit to come into them, they want to place all their faith and trust in Jesus, He died on the cross, He rose from the dead, and He offers His Spirit to all those Who would invite him in? You can pray with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life, Jesus. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Come into my heart through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. By faith, if you prayed that prayer in faith, then Jesus is coming to your life. Please let us know. We want to be there to help you. We can send you some information. But I would bid you, as I close, remember Jesus. It's in His name I preach and I pray. Let everyone say.